Folks, welcome in to Free Money Football presented by Degenerate Danger Zone and the Trainwreck Sports Network. I am your host here, Ty B, and we got Meerkat and we got some guy named Steve. And we're going to be here weekly breaking down the best bets in all of football, whether it's the NFL and college football. The uh, It's going to go a little bit like this for you guys. We're going to be on Wednesday nights just like we are here tonight, and we're going to go through you know, what are some of the storylines going into this weekend? What are some of the early lines or the injuries to look out for? How can we take advantage of those books early? And then Saturdays, we're going to be breaking down our picks for you. We're going to give you some college picks and we're going to lock in our picks for the weekend. But this episode is going to be a little different here. And for the preseason, it will be just like this. We're going to pick two divisions, one AFC, one NFC, and we're going to preview them for you. With an eye on betting, we're trying to make you guys some free money. Meerkat, I couldn't be any happier to get this show uh, rolling. Both you, I, and Stevie have been nose deep in that Warren Sharp football guide. How are you feeling? Oh, man, I'm feeling good. We're right there, football season, training camp for the Bills today opened up. You're seeing clips of Josh Allen throwing balls. It's just I'm all the way in on football season now. Like, obviously, I've been waiting for it, but today cemented it. So to start this show with gambling, like, yeah, I'll let some demons out right now. I've got a lot of – a lot of them are pent up, ready to lay some nits on football this season. I'm ready to get after it early with these futures for sure. And the one – the best part about all of this, the one best thing, we're all perfect gamblers right now. None of us are wrong. Everything is, you know, it's clean yeah, right now. Half a year, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to be getting it started with one of our favorite teams here in a minute, Steve. Um, the Buffalo Bills, they're one of the teams to really have your eye out for all season. One of the top favorites there to win uh, possibly a Super Bowl. I think 12 to 1 right now they're at. Um, I think like fourth or fifth uh, favorite there, Steve. What do you got here on our beloved Buffalo Bills? I mean, the Buffalo Bills, it comes down to one man and one man only, the man we all love who's near and dear to our heart. It's Josh Allen. He's taken a step forward every single year, and there's really nothing showing that he's not going to take another step forward this year. I don't know how he possibly could get better than last year because last year he was incredible, you know, had a few MVP votes. But he adds another weapon to, you know, his arsenal this year with Emmanuel Sanders. You got that with Gabe Davis, who I think is going to take a big step forward this year. Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs. The Bills offense is going to be absolutely dominant. I personally like the running back committee of Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, and now Matt Breida added, who's going to be all, you know, all three guys can catch the ball that can be used in the passing game, Breida and Singletary especially. The Bills, it's hard for us on this show, right, to, you know, not hype up the Bills too much. I believe their win total is right around 11 right now. It'd be very, I think, foolish not to take the over there. But, you know, this is a pro Bills pod. We've always been about it. And they've added a little bit of, you know, pass rushers, especially in the draft. Greg Rousseau, who has got a very, very high ceiling out of Miami, he could really help the Bills. That was probably their biggest weakness to a point last year was getting after mm-hmm. opposing quarterbacks, causing havoc. And if they can take a step forward in that department, then the sky's the limit for the Bills, and they could make a serious, serious case at you know getting to a Super Bowl. 
Absolutely. And Meerkat, you do a lot of talking about the Bills on the Crowd Assist podcast, which you guys make sure you tune in for. They've been doing great work, uh, him at Wake and uh, Kevin Massari over there. And it looks like one of these years where they could really be poised for a run. We saw it last year. We saw them get to 13 wins this year, 17 games. So an even you know easier chance to get over 11 wins. Sitting right there, you know, even money either side, and you know, there's nothing real big to talk about roster-wise. I mean, you lose uh, Smokey Brown, you just replace him with Emmanuel Sanders, and you add to that pass rush that had been lacking last year. The one thing you probably really need to improve most on Meerkat. Yeah, straight up, it opened at ten and a half. It's at eleven now for their win total. I still think eleven is kind of disrespectful, even with a seventeen-game schedule. This is an AFC Championship contending team right here that kept all of its major pieces together. Somehow kept both Brian Dable and Leslie Frazier as their assistant coaches. Uh, they they only added. They only got better. They mm-hmm. got deeper and they got younger and they got rid of bad salaries. They have relationships between these guys now. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs were best friends after a few months last year, and you saw the connection they had. Now imagine that relationship this year and what they're ready to do after a year of work in an offseason of, you know, somewhat normalcy. So I, I think, you know, anything under 11 wins would be considered a failure of a season for the Bills, even if it still mm-hmm. gets us into the playoffs. So I'm all over that uh, over there. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm on it too, but I just want to nitpick a little bit here. Looking at some of these key numbers here, you went from 28% uh, pre-snap motion frequency to 45% last year uh, from 19 to 20. And they had a lot of success in 2019 with pre-snap motion, something they should have used more. They tried to use it more last year, and it didn't necessarily pay off for them. Josh's, um, well, the entire team uh, offense's EPA actually went down with pre-snap motion, whereas every other team uh, throughout the um, league actually goes up so uh, usually you have more success essentially um when you use the preset motion because you're causing the defense to you know make uh some sort of call out some audibles and you have to communicate and um you have to follow guys around and that's a whole nother thing so it leads to different issues um around defensively at times but the bills weren't necessarily able to take advantage of that is that something you you guys think that they could do a little bit better here, a little bit more too, because you have a guy like Isaiah McKenzie who you think or you would think is perfect in this situation, but as we see by the numbers, it wasn't that great last year. Yeah, Stevenson, or sorry, uh, McKenzie's role, you know, with his preset motion stuff, I feel like it's a bit overblown just because, you know, he's got a high percentage of it because he played a lower amount of snaps, um, but it's still something, you know, that we take advantage of we've utilized pretty well in multiple situations and whether it's McKenzie or Stevenson, I feel like we have a guy on this roster who could be utilized in that. Maybe see a little more of it, but Hey, don't fix what's not broken, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the offense was great last year. I expect to be great again this year. If it works, it works, right? You know, the Bills, they don't have to have, you know, high motion all the time to be successful. I think, you know, Josh Allen, a lot of times he can make plays on his own when, you know, kind of shit hits the fan and he just kind of improvises. And half the time, those plays work out, especially this past season. Yep, absolutely. And for you guys, what are your top props for the Buffalo Bills this year outside of? that over 11. 
I'm all over Gabriel Davis, over five and a half receiving touchdowns this year at plus money, plus 120. Last year, he had seven touchdowns as a rookie in this offense where he played the second most snaps at receiver. They love him in this offense. He showed he could contribute, especially in the red zone. He's not the tallest guy ever. Not that he's not big. He's 6'2", nearly 220. Um, but he, he has that body control you saw with the t- toe drag swags multiple times, getting up above guys, the physicality. Only 35 targets last year, so seven touchdowns on that many targets again. Not really that realistic, but I think he's going to have an increased mm-hmm. role in this offense from the get-go. So I really like the value there, plus 120 on over five and a half. Yeah, I'm going with a different wide receiver, but I said I liked him. I liked the signing. They brought him in for a reason. Emmanuel Sanders over 600 and a half receiving yards. He had 726 receiving yards last year in a much worse offense. The Bills love to throw. I think at some point last year they threw 20 straight times to start a game. I think the Bills are just going to continue to throw because it worked for them, and it's been working. And I think Sanders really has a chance to, you know, win, not win the slot role, but become, you know, a significant piece in the slot for the Bills Mm -hmm. this season. It only comes out to 35 and a half yards a game to hit the over. I love over 600 and a half. And Sanders, too, even though he's older, he can be an explosive playmaker. He can, you know, take a ball, you know, 60, 70 yards down the field. I'm hammering over 600 and a half receiving yards. Yep, absolutely love that there. The Bills threw on first down more than any other team in all of football last year and were the, I believe, second most efficient or first. So um, absolutely, you're going to see way more of it this year. They just got to be a little better with that run on first down. But let's get into some of the Bills' competition here in the AFC East. Next up, we got the Miami Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins this year, it's straight up all on Tua in my book. Uh, I mean, this is my least favorite pick right now. I'm going to say right from the get-go, I think they're going to go over the 9.5 win mark, um, which is what we got them at here. So I'm taking them over 9.5 wins. But they made strides to get pieces around Tua this year. Adding Jalen Waddle is huge to that wide receiver core, who is incredible now. Devontae Parker, I'm a big fan of. Preston Williams as well. Will Fuller, mm-hmm. you know, when he's not taking PEDs and he's not suspended <laughs> and he's not injured, is a good weapon to have. Lynn Bowden Jr., reborn there. Jakeem Grant, I mean, they have a good receiving core with Mike Gusecki at his reliable tight end. The offensive line's a bit, mm, but you add Liam Eichenberg, a uh, great value where they got him in the draft, in my opinion. I had him higher up on my board. And then Matt Skira, too, another good pickup for them. This team's doing a lot of the right things. Maybe not enough quite yet, but they got to make Tua comfortable, and I think they're doing that. And you look at the key numbers there, the third down passing, his yards per attempt, you, you saw it in his game at times. He was afraid to throw downfield. He's afraid to take those shots. When you know, you're facing a third and eight, you can't be throwing an average of 4.7 mm-hmm. yards an attempt on third down. That's pathetic. I think he's going to be more comfortable this year. He's not going to be getting benched you know, for a 38-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick, having his confidence shattered. All that he's got comfortability, he's got a good coach and a good team around him. Now, the defense if Xavier Howard leaves, it might swing a whole game for me, you know. Like, I might, I might yeah. switch my chance to the yeah. under. We'll recap that later. Xavier Howard's incredible, he's such a massive part to that defense there, which is. You know, a, a pretty good defense, let's be real, but they made some good ads too. Javon Holland, another great um, 
you know, value pickup there at safety in the draft. And Byron Jones, I don't hate. They got Noah. I'm not even going to pronounce his last name, but you all know him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I don't, I, I don't hate the Dolphins this year. I think they're probably going to be the second best team in the AFCs. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree. I'm right there with you, Meerkat, and I think you touched on every point. The big thing for me, the Dolphins did one thing this offseason. They added speed around Tua, right? Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller, those guys are burners. And people forget how good Jalen Waddle was at Alabama. He was the guy, the go-to guy, before he got injured, and Devonta Smith had that incredible Heisman mm-hmm. season. Waddle has, you know, chemistry with Tua already. I think Waddle's going to be a really big piece, maybe a sleeper for a rookie of the year even though he's not a quarterback. But I think Waddle has a monster season with the Dolphins. But it really comes down to Xavier Howard. If if he's if he wants out, you know, we saw a couple days ago, he sent, you know, a big note saying, uh, that I don't like so I don't my situation time, here. Yeah. And that's a big loss. I mean, the Dolphins had, I, I think, the fourth best secondary with him. Without him, that's a big loss, and that could hurt them going forward. But it comes down to Tua. I mean, he was 30th in yards per attempt last year. And if you watch the games, it seemed like he just didn't want to throw the ball more than five yards down the field. Could that have been because he's coming off a big injury, you know, first time in the NFL, maybe a little nervous? I don't know. I thought he was very talented in college. I personally thought Tua was going to be good in the NFL. And I think a lot of people are giving up on him way too soon. This is basically the year that he's going to get tested and – they got him the weapons. He's got good receivers around him. The running backs, that's just – it's a disaster. I don't really like any of them, but he's got the receivers around him. It all comes down to Tua because the Dolphins aren't going to win the game running the ball. Yeah, they're definitely going to be by committee in that backfield. That would completely stay away that, especially if you're a fantasy football player. Um, wouldn't touch any of those guys, any betting props either. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you put it – you know, perfectly there with Tua. He just was not understanding like a, a true NFL game plan. He could not yeah. read the defenses. So once uh, they were able to key in on what he was doing, he wasn't able to get off his first read. He wasn't able to find that next guy. So he was immediately um, just going right to the check down, just trying to do the safest thing he could, just trying not to make a mistake. But for you guys, what's your top prop? I'm going with Tua over 4,000.5 passing yards. I, I like that a lot. You know, you take last year when he was actually given the start and roll and, you know, didn't have to worry about losing it those last five games. He averaged 242 yards a game. Extrapolate that over for a 17-game season. It's over 4,100 yards, which, you know, gets you there. But that's as a rookie without, you know, knowing your place in the team and stuff, your status, all of that. Now they've upgraded positions, especially the line and receiver with Stevie brought it up, speedy receivers who Tua, if he wants to throw it short, these guys can catch it and make their own play after. So I, I like Tua's position this year as the starter, a full off season with the starters and the reps confidence behind him. They didn't draft quarterback like people speculated. So mm-hmm. there we go. I, and I, I like him over 4,000 and a half yards this year. I'm a Tua believer. Yeah, an extra game this year too, guys. Don't forget about that. That's huge, especially when making these bets. You got to make sure you add that extra game in when you're doing the math. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I'm kind of following with you, Meerkat. I'm going with Jalen Waddle. I hyped him up before. I really think he's very talented, and he's the perfect fit for this Dolphins team and to help Tua. Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, they're great guys, but they're not burners. They're not guys who are going to get you know, 50, 60-yard plays. Waddle has the potential to do that. He also has the potential to get like a five-yard drag route and turn it into something special. His over is 750 and a half yards. It's at even money right now. I love it. That's only 44 yards a game. As long as Waddle stays healthy, I think he's going to be maybe the number one receiver in this offense. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely possible, and I would not be surprised about that. But another team where it seems like it's going to be reliant on their quarterback, it, almost all these teams really in the East <laughs> Division on both sides. Like we're, you'll, you'll notice the trend here. Um, but it all comes down to Zach Wilson. What are you doing at quarterback besides him? You don't really have another option. Zach Wilson has to figure it out. But guess what? He's not even under contract right now. When you're talking about this Jets team last year and how abysmal their performances were, their mm -hmm. kicker, who played only nine games, was their leading scorer. And their backup kicker, who only played six games, was their third leading scorer. And he quadrupled the guy who was in fourth place behind him. So that's how far ahead those kickers were than the rest of everyone else besides that one player. So when you're looking at this, that offense, 32nd ranked, it was just brutal. They were the most predictable offense when they got outside of 11 personnel. They overused 11 personnel. Um, I don't understand why when you have Chris Herndon and you had some young tight ends, you were kind of trying to groom there a little bit. Let's see what they could do because you had guys like Jeff Smith, Braxton Berrios, Brashard Perriman playing 60 to 100% of snaps in some of these games. On a regular basis, you can't do that and expect – to have any quarterback go out there really and succeed. So, you know, we'll still see what, you know, the, the future has in store for Sam Darnold um, in, in terms of his performance, but he was put in some of the worst situations absolutely possible. And uh, the efficiency, you cannot, you cannot stress enough. Like Chris Herndon had 502 receiving yards in his rookie season last year, just 287 yards on only eight less receptions. He had almost the same amount of targets. It's not that it wasn't there. Like it was nine, uh, nine yards per attempt his rookie year, mm -hmm. 6.4 last year, you know, per target. So when you're looking at all this, you're saying, hey, it can't get any worse <laughs> because last <laughs> year uh, they literally added negative points to their um, offense by passing the ball. It was that bad. Negative um, 43.1 points. The next lowest team was like negative 24. So uh, that just goes to show how brutal their their uh, passing game was. It was almost two times worse than any other offense out there. And this is a time where passing in the NFL is at an all-time high. And teams are having their most success. We're seeing it, you know, 70, 80% of times some in some games on first down from teams like the Bills and the Chiefs. And you're going to have to adapt. That's why you go out and you get a guy like Zach Wilson. You have to believe in that. And hopefully you're able to turn around that and get some efficiency here. Steve, anything here, any hope you have for the Jets? Um, I know this it's, it's six here for their over-under, but I, I'm still not very confident of them getting to six because there's so much pressure on Zach Wilson immediately. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. What I will say is they got the exact opposite coach of Adam Gase. Adam Gase, that failed. They went the complete opposite direction with Robert Sala. 
when he was the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, he is this intense emotional mm-hmm. coach. He's a player's coach. It's the exact opposite of Gase. And I think that's going to be something interesting to watch this year as we see the Jets go forward. Their offensive line, it's improving. It hasn't been great, but it's improving. And drafting Elijah Vera Tucker is really going to help that line. But it does come down to Zach Wilson. They got him a few more weapons. You know, Corey Davis, he was all right in Tennessee. I thought he was kind of a disappointment for the hype he had. But maybe, you know, a new change of scenery could really help, you know, jump his career. And Zach Wilson, he's not going to be afraid to throw the ball. We're not going to see a conservative style that Gase ran the past, you know, couple of years for the Jets. The Jets are going to take chances this year. They have a lot of weapons, you know, wide receiver and running back is both deep. Maybe not the most talented guys in the world, but they're both deep. Mm-hmm. And I expect the Jets to, you know, maybe be in more games they, than they were last year. But at the end of the day, I just can't convince myself that they're going to get over six wins. Yeah, I think I'm riding the under and looking at the top prop for them. I was thinking, but I was stuck between Corey Davis and um, Denzel Mims on going for the over receiving yards, but I don't trust Corey Davis um, over the full term here. If he's going to be like a number one receiver, what they're going to do with him. I really like Denzel Mims. He really showed a lot uh, in the draft process uh, last offseason, mm-hmm. over 550 yards. I think that's free money. Meerkat, what about you? Yeah, we talked about this before. Well, I'm going under on six wins, first of all. I don't have faith in Zach Wilson. He's unsigned. He's already drumming up drama there in New York. Little Mormon boy, you know, dealing with New York media now. Last unsigned draft pick, just not a good look going into training camp. So already don't believe in Zach Darnold. But Robert Sala, they made some good moves and stuff. I like them, but still, I don't think they get the six wins. Um, And then we talked about this before. I'm on the same prop as you. Uh, Mims over 550 receiving yards, even money. That's great value there. Hate saying this about a young Jets playmaker, but Denzel Mims is, if he has a quarterback, is going to be a very, very good wide receiver in the NFL. Um, he's going to be the number two behind Davis, I think, because they like him so much. They mm-hmm. invest the capital into him, and he flashed so much, even though the receiver room's a bit crowded right now with just guys. Uh, I still like him, and you know he only played nine games as a rookie. Started the season on injured reserve, but he's big, he's super athletic, and he had 40 yards per game. Stretch that over 17 games, that's 1,680 yards, well over the prop, yep. and I think he outperforms that this year. I see him around like 800 yards. Yep, absolutely, Meerkat. I love when we're on the same page, but let's hop over to the evil empire here, the New England Patriots. With their win total at nine and a half this year, Stevie, what the heck's going on with them? So the Patriots, they did something we really haven't seen the Patriots do before, right? They said, we're just going to get as many free agents possible as we can. They actually spent the most money out of any team in the offseason, and they grabbed a couple tight ends, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith. They grabbed a couple receivers, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar. And then the Patriots did something we've never seen the Patriots do or Bill Belichick. They drafted the quarterback in the first round with Mac Jones. How long until he plays? That's a big question. But really with the Patriots here, it it comes down to health. And it's a big improvement from last year. They had eight players opt out last year because of COVID. And four of those guys were starters. Now they're back in the lineup. 
And it's going to make a big difference. You know, you get Dante Hightower back, who is basically the leader of the defense. That's in a huge addition. And not to mention, too, they traded for Trent Brown, who's going to help their offensive line immensely. I think the offensive line improves. But we've also heard that they want to, you know, get away from Cam Newton running as much as he does. The Patriots really want to turn into more of a passing offense and rely on their running backs to run. And Damian Harris, in you know a limited sample size last year, in ten games, he averaged sixty-nine yards a game, five yards right. per carry. He can be the big, you know, running back that they need to rely on, especially whether it's Newton or it's Mac Jones leading the offense. They have to rely on the running game at some point. The over/under is high at nine and a half. It's very hard for me to convince myself that the Patriots will get ten wins. But Belichick won seven games last year with a roster that was half as talented as what he has now. Just my big question is, are these additions even that great? Is Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith like how you want to build a receiving core with Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne? I mean, I don't know. Nikhil Harry kind of looks like a bust from a couple of years ago. I don't know if there's enough weapons. I can't convince myself that they're going to get to 10 wins. I'm taking the under here. But at the end of the day, I don't want to bet against Bill Belichick. I never want to. <laughs> See, I agree with you, too, with, like, the weapons they added. They're not QB-friendly receivers, really. Right. And the tight ends, I don't mind Hunter Henry and Janu if they stay healthy, especially Hunter Henry. But you're not going to get Gronk Hernandez production out of the Patriots fans. Don't get too excited about that. And whether it's Cam or Mac, I still like the under on the nine and a half wins here. I think we saw last year, not saying Belichick's not a good coach. He is. But the Brady versus Belichick argument, I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> it's over after last year. Yeah. You saw it. You know, the Patriots were terrible. Brady won the Super Bowl. I'm fading the Patriots this year. And then you brought up Damian Harris, too. I think people are too high on him. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm not saying he's going to have a good season, but I'm fading him with my prop bet for this, uh, for the Patriots. I'm going Damian Harris under 845 and a half rushing yards. He looked good last year. The O-line's good, sure, but I'm not, I haven't trusted a Patriots running back since Lawrence Maroney lost me my fantasy season. But like, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like you, you never get consistency, consistency out of these guys. James no. White, sure, he's a receiver, but he's still going to take some carries. Sony Michelle, they haven't gave up on him yet. Like you know, he's still gonna get touches. Harris last year, half, almost nearly half of his yards came in just three of the ten games he played in. Some big performances, yes, but he only got twenty carries more one time over his whole time. So I'm fading Damian Harris and the Patriots. Yeah, absolutely, Stevie. What was your top prop? I'm actually going the opposite way, America. I'm taking Damian Harris over. I really don't believe in Sony Michelle. I don't think he's very good. And James White, yeah, he's going to have a role. He's just going to be a pass catcher. If the Patriots want to run the ball, it's going to be Damian Harris. And they said they don't want to run as much with Newton. They want to turn it to, you know, a more traditional style offense where, you know, you rely on the pass and then you run. And Harris was good last year when he ran the ball. I mean, in 10 games, he ran for 690 yards. He averaged five yards a carry. 845 and a half yards, that just comes out to 49.7 yards a game. I think he can get to 50 yards a game if he stays healthy all year. And Harris, I think he's going to be a guy who could get 15 to 20 touches a game, and he's not a pass catcher. So when he's on the field, he's going to be running the ball. I'm going against you, Meerkat. I'm sorry, but I'm taking over eight 
145 and a half yards. <laughs> Absolutely. Love to see it when the, guys, when the boys are going against each other. We'll see how this one uh, ends up because Meerkat's going to be tracking all these bets for us, mm -hmm. these, some of these props and some of these picks throughout the season. And I can't wait till we have to go up against Artu Dartu, who is currently out on vacation right now. But <laughs> it is time, folks, to hop over into the NFC least with the Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely abysmal year for every single team in that division. But one thing I'll say is the one thing you could say about almost, you know, each of these teams that had a bad season, injuries, 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 30th in um, overall team health, but uh, most missed snaps at the tight end um, offensive line and, um, or actually offensive line position and then 30th in receiver and tight end. And what, what's that do? That's going to cause some issues for you in the passing game. So when I'm looking at this, is it the chicken or the egg? Who's at fault? Is it Carson Wentz? Is it the offense and some of these injuries? You look at it in 2019, they were um, a top half efficient offense, 14th, nothing crazy to write home about. And then they transitioned uh, into 2020, 29th most efficient offense. Um, you're missing Zach Ertz for a huge part of that season. But it did look like he was beginning to fall off. His yards per re uh, reception, his uh, yak's been uh, deteriorating the past few seasons as well. So that happens. And then Dallas Goddard looks like he's going to step in for him, and then he goes down with injury. So then you got uh, Carson Wentz throwing to guys like Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham, and uh, it's just kind of a shit show because Deshaun Jackson's injured and Alshon Jeffrey's injured and what are you going to do? You have no offensive line. You come into the season, and I think three or four of the guys were out before the season even started. Um, that's going to cause issues. You bring Jason Peters back to step in for one of those spots, and what happens? Jason Peters gets injured. <laughs> like it, I, You couldn't even write it at that point, but um, the biggest reason for, I think, their offensive woes last season, you look at um, their numbers um, on – early down efficiency to get to third down. So their third down uh, to go rate in uh, 2019 was the fourth best. Last season, it was the fourth worst. And that's going to cause you a ton of issues from 6.6 uh, .6 yards to go on third down to 7.3. Doesn't seem like a lot, but it's huge. We talk about, you know, average three yards per carry. You know, you want to average three and a half because three and a half, three and a half, three and a half, like you're going over 10. So that's what you need to be doing. And they're not, they weren't able to do that last year. And now you have Jalen Hurts stepping in four starts last year, bit of an up and down time for him. Um, a great game um, against the, the Cardinals where he had, three touchdowns in a game where he was sacked six times. So we've seen, you know, sort of the upside, but only six overall touchdowns, I believe, uh, to four interceptions. So he was having some issues. But again, throwing to guys like Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham, et cetera, et cetera, is going to be mm -hmm. tough for anybody. So you go out, you get the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. I think that's the biggest addition, and that is going to be huge for Jalen Hurts. Hopefully the two of them have some chemistry. You know, Jalen did spend a little bit of time there in Alabama, so maybe the two know each other. They're going to be hopefully starting on the right foot because that's what this offense needs. Over-under mm -hmm. sitting at six and a half. I'm going with the under here. I don't think the Eagles did enough to get better. What do you do in free agency? Nothing big. And then you get Devontae Smith. Yes, that's huge. But you still you lost Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. You didn't do really anything to replace those guys with any big enough names. And um, Landon Dickerson will be nice to fill a hole. But so many other injuries these guys were coming off of. Like 
torn Achilles, et cetera. And it's not like these guys were young. Yes, they were great linemen before, but coming off all these injuries, it's going to be very, very tough. So I'm going with the under. And my top prop is actually Jalen Hurts over 20 and a half passing touchdowns. I think that's a very low number. You saw a three touchdown output, but you only need to average like, you know, not even two a game One uh, throughout the season. One point two, like not even one point five. I don't think anymore now with yeah. seventeen games. If you play the full season, so I love that there. I don't know why that number is so low. I think they're sort of expecting him probably to use his legs a bunch, but I think twenty and a half is very attainable as long as he remains starter throughout the season. Which there's no reason to punt on him after you know one season. So I, I don't think you really have like a backup, a young guy to go to. So I love that number there. Well, you brought up his legs just there, maybe impacting his things. I'm just going to go right into that with my prop. I'm going Jalen Hurts over 655 and a half rushing yards. Kind of a big bummer for a quarterback, but when you look at what he did last year, you take his, he averaged, you know, 68 yards per game. The four starts he had, he had 272 rushing yards, but that over 17 games, that's 1,150 yards. Now, am I expecting him to be rushed for 1,100 yards this year? No, they're going to cut that back a bit, especially now that he's cemented as the starter and all of that. They added pass, passing options for him. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to hit 1,100, but I think he can easily break the 655. He showed it. I, I believe in Jalen Hurts. I think mm-hmm. his floor in the NFL is an average NFL passer, an elite NFL quarterback rusher. Um, and with that offense, you know, he's got a shiny new toy in Devonta Smith. You brought that up. Jalen Rieger, you know, a year in the league now, I think is good for him. I like him to have a good year this year. Fulgham, decent. Godard and Ertz, not a bad combo there. And then, you know, a, a massive addition they just made, what, two days ago? For Steven Nelson, I mean, their secondary needed help. Darius Slay was out there on an island. He actually didn't have as bad of a season last year as people are making it out to be. He just needed some help in that secondary. Now he's got it with Steven Nelson, who I wish the Bills would have scooped up. So I am going with their over six and a half wins to pair with my Hurts prop. Stevie, what about you? Well, Meerkat took the exact prop I was going to do. We disagree on the last prop. We're on the exact same page for this one. I love the Hertz rushing yards. Meerkat touched on all the points. I think Hertz is the second most talented rusher for quarterbacks in the NFL behind Lamar Jackson. He's elite. He's got great speed, and he can cut very quickly, just like a running back when you watch him. And I think Hertz is talented enough to keep the job for the whole year. Whether or not the Eagles are good is the question. And I think a lot of that comes down to the defense. And I'm not sold on the secondary. I'm not too sold on the Eagles defense improving. Like you said, Ty, they just didn't make enough moves this offseason to improve. What's good for the Eagles, the offensive line's getting healthier, which I think will also help the Hertz rushing prop. But it's just the defense is going to let them down, and I just I can't convince myself the Eagles over because I actually kind of like the other three teams in the NFC least this year, but I'm taking the Eagles under six and a half wins. Yep, absolutely. I just I don't I don't see it. I think a lot of these teams um, here in the, in the NFC East I don't think they've done enough to get better. But we'll get into that with some of these other teams. And the next one up is the Dallas Cowboys. Everyone knows Jerry is not very happy after last year's performance with an over-under sitting at nine. What do you guys see? 
Well, when you talk about the Cowboys, it was just the most unlucky season last year, right? You have Dak Prescott, who was playing like an absolute world beater last year, averaging 422 yards a game before he had a horrible leg injury. And then after Dak got hurt, the linemen just dropped like flies. You didn't get a full season out of Zach Martin. Tyron Smith played two games. Lyle Collins was out for the year. It was just not a good situation for the Cowboys and they're healthy this year. And I know every year, you know, the public just buys into, oh, the Cowboys are going to be good. All oh, the Cowboys are going to be contenders. And to a point, you know, that's true. The Cowboys seem to disappoint every single year from expectations. But they added a lot of big pieces on the other side of the ball. They didn't have to change their offense. They just had to get healthy. Mm -hmm. But on defense, Malik Hooker, who they signed just a couple days ago, and Keanu Neal are two hybrid safeties I really, really like that I think is going to help out their secondary. I mean, exponentially make it better. And then you got Mika Parsons from Penn State. Meerkat, I know you loved him going into the draft type. He's one of the most athletic linebackers we've seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. He's really going to, you know, gel well with Jalen Smith, Leighton Vanderish. The Cowboys defense, it just has to get a little bit better. It just can't be as bad because there's no chance that their offensive line is going to be 29th again. When you have a healthy Zach Barton, a healthy Tyron Smith, that is a very good offensive line. You've got one of the most talented running backs behind it with Ezekiel Elliott. And then Dak Prescott, who looked like he was on his way to a career season, we'll see how he comes back from the injury. It was not a good one. It was not just a cramp. It was a little bit more than a cramp. Prescott should bounce back big time, and he's got all the weapons around him. You've got CeeDee Lamb, who I am very, very high on. He's actually, my prop is over 1,050 and a half receiving yards for CeeDee Lamb. He averaged 86 and a half yards when Dak played in the games Dak played in. That comes out to 1,472 yards over a full season. He still finished with 935 yards last year, despite how bad the quarterback play was after Dak. Was, oh, he was terrible. I mean... Andy Dalton, who people called, you know, a serviceable backup, just kind of tarnished all that last yeah, year. He was I don't know. even worse. I, I will I will blame some of that into the play calling and them like yes. running into t terrible situations. Like you had your running backs like with the like lowest um like yards per uh before contact or whatever. Um it was just brutal for anyone to get things going and they kept doing it over and over again. And then you weren't opening anything up in the passing game. You just didn't trust Andy Dalton to do anything, which is something you should have done with Danucci, not Dalton. And then right. when you, when you let him do some things, he had a little bit of success. And then what did he do? Get that concussion. In it. Right. And it, it was a combination of, you know, bad quarterback play with an injured offensive line. That's just never going to work well. The Cowboys are healthy this year. I know it's a little juicy. I like the over nine at minus 140. I love the CD Lamb prop. I'm actually hammering that one, 1,050 yards. He's a receiver, I think, who has the talent to become one of the best receivers in the NFL. He bonded well with Dak. The Cowboys are using him at four different receiving positions this offseason. They want to get him the ball no matter what. And Amari Cooper right now is on the pup list. He may be back in time for the start of the regular season. They said he will be, but it's an ankle injury. You know how those linger, and we know Amari Cooper. He, he gets hurt every now and then. I'm hammering CeeDee Lamb over, and I do like the Cowboys over nine, although I feel like that's such a public number. <laughs>
so I, I don't disagree with a lot of you said a lot of what you said. I like their offense a lot. If Dak is healthy, if mm-hmm. the offensive line is healthy, they're going to be an explosive offense. Uh, defensive additions, Micah Parsons, my draft baby. Um, I, I hate he went to the Cowboys because they don't know how to use their linebackers. They have two of the best linebackers. That's why I'm so they happy this card's in the Penn State jersey. With uh, <laughs> with Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch, and they just don't yeah. utilize them right at all. Like They you don't know. get the production they should be getting out of them. And some of these signings are making in the secondary don't make sense to me. They should be signing a corner. Your number one corner is Trevon Diggs right now, and your number two is Anthony Brown. But what do they do? They sign DeMonte Kazee and Malik Hooker, who are both free safeties. So one of them is going to be playing out of position at strong safety. And Keanu Neal, they're just putting at strong side linebacker yeah. where he's going to be a backup. It's just this idiocy. It's all because they're Coach is Mike McCarthy. That's why I'm yes. taking the under nine yards. He is a, he's just an idiot. I don't understand. Like, I don't care how good this offense is. As long as Mike McCarthy's this coach, I don't think they break eight wins. And I'm I don't think go, so either. I, I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliott over 1,100 and a half rushing yards. I think he's got a bounce back year this year. Last year you saw it. They definitely were managing him. I don't think it was just idiotic play calling. It's like, hey, his carries dropped week by week, and not only because of performance, because I think they were just like, all right, we're dead. Let's kind of wait for Dak to come back next year, all of that, because he only had two more carries in the game he played 10 games, or the year he played 10 games in his sophomore season. Every other year, he shattered what he's had last year. And, you know, if he averaged 65.3 yards last year on those little amount of carries, throw that over 17 games. That's over 1,100 right there, and I still think he far outperforms what he did last year. So I like the Zeke over rushing props, but the Cowboys under as a team, not that this offense is going to have fantasy stars and all that and mm-hmm. be productive, but as long as their coach is just an yep. idiot True. and their defense isn't put together right, it's like a puzzle out of place. I don't trust it. They're only going to win if they're able to outgun teams. That's going to be their problem. So if their offensive yep. line can bounce back, you give Dak time, you're hoping you have the weapons uh, to be able to do it, Dak is obviously, you know, playing for a big contract. Like mm-hmm. he's been betting on himself, and the Cowboys don't seem to believe in him. So, um, you know, we'll see how that goes too, because I don't think Mike McCarthy really believes in him either. And um, uh, I'm with you on the under Meerkat. I I just do not trust the Dallas Cowboys. I because of Mike McCarthy. And it was the same reason I didn't trust him a few years ago because of Jason Garrett. We'll see if they fix it, but I don't trust it. And we're getting back over to New Jersey with the Giants. So the Giants are they're one of the most, like I think, polarizing teams. Either people hate them or they love them this year. The Giants, they made a lot of moves this offseason. They got Kenny Galladay. They got John Ross. They got Kyle Rudolph to add weapons. They also drafted Kadarius Toney, who I think is a really good wideout. And then they added on the defensive end, too. Danny Shelton, Reggie Ragland, Adoree Jackson. I mean, these are guys that, you know, can, you know, have roles for the Giants. And I feel like, you know, we're saying the same thing every time, but it, it comes down to the quarterback play again, right? I mean, Daniel Jones, do you love him or do you hate him? Do you think he can, you know, take the next step or do you think they're just wasting a season with Daniel Jones? And it's really hard to tell there because Daniel Jones, in my opinion, I think he, there's times where he looks absolutely brilliant. Like this is a guy I want to, you know, build a team around. And then there's times where it looks like he's never thrown a football before in his life. He's had a fumble problem throughout his career, and it doesn't help that the Giants' offensive line is absolutely miserable. It's not good. 
but the Giants are giving Daniel Jones weapons this year. They're giving him chances to succeed. And I mean, you look at, you know, if Barkley's healthy, you got Saquon Barkley, you got Kenny Galladay, you got Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. Now you got the rookie Kadarius Tony with Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph as your tight ends. That is a great group of offensive weapons. And Daniel Jones, he can also be a weapon himself. He can run. Last year, he ran for 423 yards, six and a half yards per carry. Daniel Jones is much more athletic than people think. The defense for the Giants, pretty good. Ninth in points allowed last year. Tenth in rush defense. 17th in pass defense. I like their defensive line of Dexter Lawrence, Danny Shelton, and Leonard Williams. I think it's pretty good. And then their secondary did improve. They signed a Dory Jackson, who's a okay corner. They drafted Aaron Robinson, a rookie corner that should help the secondary immediately. And then it goes along with James Bradbury, Jabril Peppers, Logan Ryan. It's not a bad defense. So the Giants, to me, it really comes down to Daniel Jones and the offensive line. The offensive line was ranked 31st last year. That's not good. And you can't have a bad offensive line when you have a quarterback who, you know, is mistake prone, who can turn the ball over a lot. And Daniel Jones last year was 35th in completion percentage over expected out of all quarterbacks. Not good at all. These weapons, I think, will help him. And the over-under sitting at seven. I don't love the Eagles too much. I said I'd take the Cowboys over, but I don't think they're going to smash it. I think they'll be right around the number. I actually kind of like the Giants to get to the over. I think they can get three to four division wins. And then they also play the Falcons this year, the Broncos, the Panthers, the Raiders, the Bears, and the Dolphins as well. Those are winnable games. I think the offensive line has to get better than it was last year. It can't get worse. And Daniel Jones has all the weapons now to take that next step. Will he is the question. I am on the slight side of a Daniel Jones believer. I don't hate the guy, but I also don't think he's the you know the worst quarterback in the NFL. I think he's all right. And if Saquon Barkley is healthy, that's another explosive playmaker that changes games. I know running backs don't you know equate to wins most of the time, but Saquon Barkley is one of the few guys that can really change a game while he's on the field. And Kenny Galladay, the most underrated receiver in the NFL. He's it was top 20 in PFF rankings the past three seasons. That's the number one weapon that they need to be successful. I think the Giants' offense improves dramatically, and their defense is actually sneaky good. So I'm taking the over seven. Yeah, I think there's going to be a team in this NFC least division, one of these teams not named the Cowboys that has one of these lower totals, that's going to just feast within the division just because some of these teams are bad. Like I think we're going to see not a, a, as marked of an improvement as some of the teams expect. They're going to get beat up on, but we'll see how that goes. I'm going to have to get out of here. I got to go call some balls and strikes and some outs. Hopefully lots of outs, hopefully lots of strikes. But one thing I got to say um, going with this, Giants, if you can figure out how to throw the ball, you can have a good team. Um, you had great, efficient running game last year, even with you know Saquon Barkley being hurt. So hopefully they'll figure things out passing. And for the Washington football team, Ryan Fitzpatrick, what the hell? On that note, <laughs> I'm out. So for the Giants, you know, I'm going on their under actually for the wins, fading you there. I, it's another thing where 
it's coming down to one guy for me, and that's Daniel Jones. And he kind of regressed in production yeah. from, you know, a rookie to a sophomore in this league, which you hate to see. Even though he did cut the turnovers down, they were still pretty prevalent. A 12 to 10 touchdown ratio. And then he went from, what, 18 to 11 fumbles? Like, <laughs> 11 fumbles is still off. Yeah, I know it's a lot. Alan fumbling about a lot, but uh, Jones is losing a lot of his fumbles. So I, I, I don't love it, honestly. Um, but yeah, they made a lot of strides. Their defense is sound and I don't know. Can that offensive line hold up? Can Daniel Jones take that step? Um, we're going to have to see, but I'm going for my prop. I know you brought up Rudolph as an addition, but I'm still going with Evan Ingram over 54 and a half receptions. Uh, Rudolph, you know, his age has really, really caught up to him these last couple seasons. And I don't see him being much of a threat after, you know, Ingram finally stayed healthy for a whole season last year, which is incredible for him. Uh, people still want to see more out of him. He only had one touchdown, but still 63 catches for 654 yards. He showed he could be healthy, developed that chemistry with Daniel Jones, kind of acted as a safety blanket. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to go with that over 54 and a half. It just seems like a low number there after what he did last year, what he did as a rookie, the two seasons he wasn't hurt. And I don't think Rudolph takes that much away from him. But Meerkat, you ready for my prop? Yeah, I'm, go I'm going with Evan Ingram under 54 and a half receptions. His catch rate last year was absolutely miserable, 57.8%. And I just think the Giants added so many weapons. And if Barkley is healthy, he's going to take a lot of those check down looks that Ingram had last year. Ingram was basically the go-to guy for most of the part last year. They had so many injuries in the receiving core. And now you have, you know, Shepard's healthy, Slayton's healthy. You add Kenny Galladay, even have John Ross as like their fifth option. If Barkley's healthy, he's takes some. And Devonta Booker is a backup running back could take some receptions as well. He can catch the ball. I know. I, I just, I don't believe in Evan Ingram. I think he's an athletic freak. I just don't think he's a great football player. So that's why I'm taking the under. I'm going against you. Well, we're going to see at the end of the season with all that's this fading of each other is going to go. <laughs> but up next in our last team for this preview is the Washington football team. Still no name. I'm personally rooting for the Red Wolves. I like that. They can get some badass logos out of that. And their total is set at eight and a half right now. Not going to lie. I'm taking the over, but I don't love it. I don't love it, but I'm taking the over. I believe in this Washington football team. The seven and nine division winners of the NFC at least. You got to give them some credit, but I do think they improve this season. Not much, but adding Ryan Fitzpatrick at least gives them consistency at quarterback as long as he's healthy. I don't see Taylor Heineke really pushing him, even though he had that flash there last mm -hmm. year. Everybody got behind him. I just think with that QB stability, um, Fitz, you know, can be called upon to be productive with that receiving core. Terry McLaurin is a great, great receiver who I wish had a great quarterback with him. Curtis Samuel, even though he's injured right now, um, kind of questionable, I believe, to start the season. 
showed, you know, he could switch from a running back to a wide receiver in Carolina and be a top receiver. So that was a good pickup. Adam Humphreys, another solid pickup, a guy who has just been consistent his whole career. It is a body. And I love the draft pick of Diami Brown. I think they got a steal there with him and re-signing Logan Thomas, the deal that you got him at after, you know, one of the rare Brandon Bean misses was just saying, hey, Logan Thomas, I tell you that's yeah. not going to work out. Washington said, no, watch out. And he turned into a red zone monster. So I like him this year. And you like those key numbers, though. Their defense was fine last year. Maybe the best defensive line in football. I'd probably say it's my favorite defensive line in football. They upgraded the front seven in general a bit by adding Jamon Davis in the first round. He's a guy who could bounce all around the field, be used in a number of ways, so I like him in that position for them. And then William Jackson to shore up that secondary a little bit was a huge underrated pickup, I believe, as well. Um, getting Eric Flowers in the trade to shore up that offensive line to keep Ryan Fitzpatrick healthy because, let's face it, he's 38 years old. I just like how things are playing out for Washington's offense to pair with this you know, defense would show last year. It's a very good defense. You get pass rush in this league. Your secondary doesn't need to be elite. They just need to be good enough, which Washington has. The offense just needs to pick it up, which Fitzpatrick maybe had his best two years in the NFL in the past two seasons with the Dolphins yeah. and the games he's played. Last year, he was he was great. So put him with these receivers now, offensive line, with Ron Rivera. I'm sure him and Rivera are like friends right now, like going on double dates with their wives. So I'm going <laughs> over on Washington's uh, win total. Stevie, what, what's your thoughts on this? I actually like the over two. Maybe slightly over. I don't think they're yeah. going to smash it. I think it's like nine. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're right around nine. The big thing for me, Maricat, I think they have the best front four in all of football. You've got yeah. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, and Darren Payne. That causes a lot of issues for opposing quarterbacks, and their offense was terrible last year. They did not get good QB play. One thing we know about Fitzpatrick, he likes to take chances. Five of the last six years, he was top 10 in average depth of target. He's going to throw the ball down the field. He's going to take chances, and he'll have games where he has three, four interceptions. It's just miserable, but he'll also have other games where he throws over 400 yards and three touchdowns, and that's something Washington didn't get last season. I think they get that this year. Antonio Gibson, I think, is a very talented running back. It'll be nice to see him in his second year, you know, have the number one back role throughout the season. And you touched on him. That's This is where my prop is. Terry McLaurin, he's one of the best receivers in football, one of the best young receivers. I loved him at Ohio State. I love him even more in the NFL. And his yardage for the prop is only 1,180 and a half yards. That's 69 yards a game. I think he absolutely smashes it. He's Since he's been in the NFL, he's had 41% of the air yards for Washington, and that's playing with conservative quarterbacks that don't throw the ball down the field. Guess what? Fitzpatrick's the exact opposite of that. He's going to have a lot of long bomb touchdowns to McLaurin, and McLaurin's the go-to guy there. I love it over 1,180 and a half yards. I believe it's at minus 115. Terry McLaurin, one of my favorite players in fantasy this year, one of my favorite props to bet on. And Washington, if that offense improves just a little bit, I think they can get to the over pretty easily. I like the over eight and a half as well. Uh, I like your prop. I'm going to bounce off of someone you brought up too, who I did it in my preview for my prop. I'm going with Antonio Gibson over 1,300 and a half 
receiving plus rushing yards this season at minus 115. Last year, his rushing plus receiving yards in the 13 games he was healthy was 1,028. And that's as a rookie who was drafted as a wide receiver and shifted to running back. He had very limited amount of rushes in college. He was a legitimate receiver Mm -hmm. and drafted as so, and then switched immediately in a defunct offense that was being rushed between the tackles, even though he's not that type of running back, even though he's not a running back. It just he still produced. I know a large chunk of that production did come in a three three games of it, um, which scares me a little bit. But I think he's going to be such a focal point of this offense. Ron Rivera has nothing but praise for him, and he, like I said, he just showed it last year. I think last year is kind of his floor. Like we already see his floor just based off of how much they're going to use him and what he can, you know, just flash at times on the field. I like Antonio Gibson's over this year, but that wraps it up for this preview, folks. Uh, We covered AFC East and NFC East. We got your team totals. We got your player props. We're going to be doing this the next three weeks going through, you know, each cardinal direction of the divisions next week. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out right now. We're just going to do what AFC South, NFC South. I just decided for us. That's what we're doing next week. You're going to get three more weeks of these previews, and then we're going to go into, you know, Super Bowl winners, MVP yeah. winners, teams to make and miss playoffs, more deep props leading us directly into the season where you're going to be seeing us twice a week, breaking down the entire slate every single week. We're going to be tracking all of this for you guys. So, you know, you want to fade us, you want to ride with us, you want to just call us out on Twitter for not being great gamblers, go ahead. We're ready for it, but we're ready to keep giving you guys our picks heading into this football season. And I just got one more thing to say. Good night now. Until the